right. I'm so grateful to be here with you this morning. Go ahead and have a seat. My name is Daniel. I'm part of the team here, and I want to welcome all of you who are joining us online. It's great to have you. If you're outside or in person this morning, we are so, so grateful that you are part of the conversation today. Now, today is Life Transformation Sunday. Some of you may not know what that is. I'll explain that in just a moment. But before we do, I want to direct your attention to our screens. Last week, we got to celebrate five people going public with their faith for the very first time. And that was a huge deal. And so if you didn't get a chance to be a part of that, or maybe you were part of our online audience, we want to play a short video so that you can celebrate what God is doing uh, in this church with us. Now those smile, it is hard not for that, that little video not to bring a smile to your face uh, because really that is so much of what drives who we are here at Eden Church. The, the phrase life transformation is actually a value for our church and we believe that all of us are in process but we are all hopefully taking steps to become more like Jesus and in that process we believe that that is where true life is found as we align our hearts and our minds with what God's vision is for our life, that's where we find the purpose that we were created to be. And these baptism stories are really these moments where we get to see people taking those steps in front of others. And so it's a really wonderful deal. Um, but today is a special day. It's Life Transformation Sunday. And so what's going to be unique about today's service is that you're going to get to hear in a lot more detail how people have stepped out of uh, a season disconnected from God and how they've stepped into a season of connection with God at varying different levels. Everyone that shares this morning is going to have a different story. And so we're going to have three people come up and share. But what I need from you is I want you guys as, uh, as they are sharing to be engaged with their story, to be taking notes, because I think part of why we've asked them to step into this position this morning is because I believe that so much of their story is going to relate to our story. So much of their drive and the motivation that compelled them to take a step of faith is going to lean into our story as well. And so uh, I want you to do me a huge favor and welcome Karina to the stage this morning. 
Thank you. It's so great to be here, you guys. I live in Oakland, so I don't get to come here as often, but like just being here, hearing the band, it just reminds me of why I am here in the first place, like why I got to this place. So, you know, thank you. So first I want to say thank you to Eden um, for giving me the opportunity to share my story. Not because I, not only because I get to share it with all of you here in the community, but also because over the past two weeks after getting this assignment, I've been, you know, thinking about my own story and my own journey and connecting more with God through that. And I'll tell you guys, as a new Christian, sometimes that connection wanes a little bit. So I'm happy that I was able to at least connect over the past two weeks. I remember my first time sitting in the seats at Eden Church. And uh, Pastor Daniel always, at the end of the message, leaves us in prayer. And he says a version of this uh, every time. Um, I, I have tried to do life on my own. And it hasn't worked out. And I was sitting in those seats thinking, yeah, right. It works out perfectly for me. I, I've had plenty of accomplishments and blessings in my life, so I don't need God. But I'm happy to know that I was very wrong that day. So let me tell you about me and how I got here. So my name is Karina. I have a seven-year-old son named Milano. He's over at the kids' room right now. He's friends with, uh, with, uh, with, Eden, um, with Daniel and Kayla's kids, so. Um, we moved here three years ago from New York to San Jose for work, and a little over a year ago, I moved to Oakland, which again explains why I'm not here very often, but you don't see my face that much, but. I, growing up, I didn't go to church. I didn't grow up in a Christian household, but I did witness my mom and my grandmother pray, and they prayed to God, and they prayed to something other than God, which I don't know what that was. It was a bit confusing growing up because I didn't know which one we believed in. Um, but I remember also fearing God and you know, thinking, all right, well, if I do this bad thing, my mom and grandma would tell me I would get punished by God. That was kind of my upbringing when it comes to, again, connecting with God and Jesus. But her grandmother died about 10 years ago, and she was a matriarch of our family. And because of that, after she passed, we were all lost. So where do you go when you're lost? To the Catholic Church. So uh, my family, everyone, my mom, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, we all went to church, right? And I, me, I think I was maybe in my early 20s at that moment, and I went reluctantly just because I didn't feel like I was connecting with any of it. I didn't know when to sit, when to stand, when to, when to do this, when to pray, stop praying. It was all confusing to me. I also didn't feel like I belonged. I remember uh, one hot, humid New York summer Sunday, the priest made it a point to say that even though it's hot and humid, women should dress appropriately to come to church. And I looked around, and I didn't see anyone dressing inappropriately. And that was my last time that I went to church. Pastor Daniel says sometimes, uh, he says, you didn't end up here on accident. He's right, you guys. About four or so months after moving to California, I got this really pretty flyer in the mail. It, I know it's so old school to get you know, a mailer, but they are effective because <laughs> 
I, was, I saw it, I'm like, this is not far from where I live, let me just check it out. Um, so I went, I got dressed up because I thought that's what you do. I put, I put on heels, I had slacks on, I had like, I think I had this shirt on actually too. Um, and I was just like all dressed up to go to church and I saw, the, I saw my, my pastor, Daniel, wearing ripped jeans and a t-shirt. And I'm like, oh, this is where I belong, okay. <laughs> so thank you. I went that very next Sunday. Uh, I went the Sunday after that, and then the one after that. And at first I would come in just for the message. I would come in after the music is over, I would come in, hear the message, sneak out after the message is done. That's all I needed to do. Just come in, 20 minutes, I'm gone. And then I started coming a little bit earlier, hearing some of the music, and shout out to Mark and the team because there was a few times that I started crying. I'm like, what's, <laughs> what's happening here? Uh, a few maybe months or so after I joined uh, Eden and started again just kind of just coming to church, Kayla invited me to be part of the host team. She's like, oh, you're so friendly, like come join the host team. I'm like, really? Be here at 8 o'clock in the morning? Like, I, I'm a single mother. I don't have family support anywhere nearby. How would I ever make that happen? But somehow I did. Somehow I was able to be here at 8 in the morning and help out the team, and I didn't make any extraordinary changes to my schedule. It's not like I didn't eat or anything that day. I still, it made it, it fit. It still fit. Somehow God made it work so that I can do this. And I'm so happy that I did because I got to see how much work the Eden team does every single Sunday morning to stand this church up for us. Yeah, it made me realize, like, like, there's a lot more, a lot deeper than, again, just kind of coming to church. Then I joined the Alpha group and the Rooted group. <laughs> and that was perfect for me because, like I said, I did not grow up as a Christian. I think I opened the Bible like three times at that point ever in my life. And it was just like a 101 on Christianity. And it was at the perfect time because it was right before the pandemic hit. So I think we may have met maybe once or twice at, at your house, and, uh, and then, then the world cr crumbled around us, <laughs> which, was, which was nice to kind of meet on Sunday evenings to learn about Christianity and commiserate with each other and be like, what is going on? What I didn't realize, though, that between the first time sitting at Eden and all the way leading up to the Alpha Group discussions is that God was working in me and I was growing a connection to God. I started to rely on God, whether it was to thank him for the blessings that were happening in my life or to ask him for guidance when I needed it. I'm in the healthiest relationship that I've ever been in and I've been in some pretty unhealthy ones. One in particular that made me question my self-worth for many, many years. And even when I started this relationship, I remember asking Angela, I'm not sure if Angela's here, Angela Wu, to pray for me because I did not think that I deserved it. And I thought to myself, was that God? Was God working in me at that moment to help me pick this man that was right for me? I also went through some challenges. My son had a really tough time assimilating, if you will, to his kindergarten, uh, to, 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 uh, to school, to kindergarten, um, to the structure of, of it. And 
it was, it was such a stressful period. I remember almost daily getting phone calls from school where I had to drop everything, drop work, uh, and go pick him up. And imagine, I'm the, I'm the sole provider for my family, for me and him, and leaving work every day was hard, right? Because I'm like, I'm the one that's making the money. How am I supposed to drop everything every day to pick him up? But what I realized is that he has needs that this school would not be able to, to accommodate. And I started looking for another school for him. And I found one where he feels super welcome and seen and heard. This is his second year at the school. And I also ask, was that a blessing from God? Did God make me go through that stressful period so that I get to know my son and know what he needs? That's when I realized that Pastor Daniel was right on that very first day. I can't do this on my own. And it's so freeing to know that I don't have to. So I decided to become a follower of Jesus and I was baptized last summer. In front of my Eden family. I got so many hugs today in front of my boyfriend and in front of my son. So I'll close by saying thank you, Eden, for sending a flyer to my apartment two and a half years ago. You have helped me transform my life. <laughs> One more sentence ago, and there's no looking back now, so thank you. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> wow, that's all I had to say. Okay, this is going to be good. Um, my name is Rachel. I was born and raised in Malaysia. Moved all the way here to the U.S., hoping to get into my dream school, UC San Diego. But <laughs> I ended up transferring from De Anza College here in Cupertino to University of Hawaii where I finish up my degree. <laughs> and now I'm back here, and I've been a part of Eden since September 2020. I am so honored to be standing up here today to share a bit of how Jesus has transformed my life here at Eden. So just a quick backstory. I kind of knew of Jesus growing up, but I didn't have the greatest impression on Christianity because of the environment I grew up in. Um, it was always, you're a Christian, you shouldn't be doing this, you should be doing that. And no one ever explained the reasons behind these rules. There was just a lot of shaming, and I was like, yeah, no, that's not for me. Thinking back now, it was, it's, it's funny how clearly I can remember how I was like before Jesus. My anxiety levels were going through the roof. I was always overthinking about situations I had no control over. I had um, no boundaries in my relationship with others. I was so impatient, and I just loved 
holding on to anger because it felt like I had the upper hand. I know, sounds awful, right? <laughs> I mean, I still struggle with these things, but now I always turn to God and rely on Him to help me get through these moments and just release it all to Him. And of course, the biggest question I had before knowing Jesus was, what was my purpose here on earth? I didn't exactly feel lost or anything, but I just couldn't pinpoint this longing I felt. And worldly things just couldn't fill up that space. Fast forward to my third year in college in Hawaii, I met some incredible people who showed me what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. I felt so much love and warmth. I felt safe. And I didn't understand what it was at first. I was like, whatever they're having, I want some of that. <laughs> I learned that they were different because they had Jesus in their hearts. And I wanted that for myself. I wanted to be part of that community. So in September 2019, I got baptized with my now best friend, Haley. She does the graphics for Eden, so shout out to her. A few months later, though, a series of heartbreaking events happened in my life, and um, COVID hit. I lost my community, and church online just wasn't the same. I was fortunate enough to find a job here in San Jose and moved back over. Thank you. <laughs> At that time, I still considered myself a new believer, so I definitely felt the urgency of finding a church. I came across Eden through the mailer. Shocker! I know, right? Like, who does that anymore? But I'm so glad that Eden's doing because that's how I'm here and how Karina is here too. Coming from such an amazing, rich community in Hawaii, I thought to myself that I could never find a church like that ever again. But I took the leap of faith and decided with Haley that we should at least try. I really liked Eden, don't get me wrong. But service at that time was still online, and it was hard to feel connected to the church. I didn't know anybody or have met anyone in person. So when small groups came about, Haley and I reluctantly signed up. <laughs> we signed up for the Rooted Women's Group because we thought it would be a great way to reconnect with Jesus. Man, let me tell you, that group was a total game changer. Mind you, this was all over Zoom, but weirdly enough, we clicked, even with ladies from different seasons in life. Every time we met, you could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Everyone was so open and honest, and we formed a bond like no other. And even, even after a small group season ended, we still kept meeting every single week. Because that relationship we had, 
It was so special. These ladies challenged my faith in the best way possible. They encouraged me to push my boundaries in Christ. We talked about difficult topics that made us so vulnerable, and they always held me accountable. They play a huge part in why my relationship with Jesus continues to grow so strongly. So, ladies, sorry to the dudes. If you're looking for a group of women to help you forge a deep relationship with Jesus, sign up for Saturday mornings with Jeannie, who will be leading us. We would love for um, more of you to come and experience that with us. Sorry, I just had to do a quick plug because I just love this group so much and I don't know where I'll be without them. So when church finally became in person, Sopa invited me to serve on the special events team when church was doing barbecue that one day. I was hesitant at first because we had to be there at 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but who knew serving hot dogs could open up my eyes so much? I met new people who I've had a chance to grow close to and see how Sunday services came together behind the scenes. And seeing all these people sacrifice their Sunday mornings to make someone else's Sunday mornings a better experience, man, I was so in awe of how ready these people were to serve. These people showed me what it meant to have a servant's heart, to serve others like how Jesus did. Ever since that day, I knew I wanted to be part of the church team somehow. And that's how I ended up in Eden Kids. <laughs> Every other week I'm serving, I still see and feel the same energy I felt the first day I volunteered. Even coming into this church as someone who was already saved, I can still see my life transforming by serving part of a team and being in a small group. I didn't know that this was all happening until I had to write it all down and speak to you today. <laughs> because of this community, I'm still here in San Jose even though I would love, love to be living my surf life in San Diego. <laughs> but I thank God for keeping me here because he had a plan for me here. He had a plan for me to find Eden, to find a community that will uplift me and yet challenge me in my journey of faith. He had a plan for me to be here so my sister, who was visiting me for the summer, could come to know this loving community, could come to know Jesus, and then get baptized in three months. Given our bad history with Christianity growing up, I never in a million years thought that she would ever accept Christ, let alone in three months. So I just want to give my sister, Rian, 
who should be watching online right now, a big, big shout out. Sis, I'm so proud of you for taking that leap of faith. And I'm so excited for the plans God has for you. God made what I thought would be the impossible possible. He emerged victorious in a situation that was unimaginable to me. My sister even knows way more worship songs than I do now. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how God works in our lives? Through saving my sister, it was a huge reminder to me that God is still working, even when I don't see it. I now have hope that the rest of my family has a chance to be saved. Yes. <laughs> he has a plan, and he's going to do it in his own timing. This is not part of the script. <laughs> God will show up, especially when you least expect it. Last paragraph, come on. I just want to thank all of you here at Eden and those watching online for being my community, for helping me grow in my journey of faith, and for being my family. Can we give Rachel and Karina another round of applause? All right, good morning, guys. Thank you for being here. I know it's a holiday weekend. You guys could be doing so many other things, and you guys chose to be here this morning. So that means so much. So it's good to have you. Thank you for being here. If you're watching inside, or if you're watching outside, or if you're watching online, it's so good to have you this morning. So I want to ask you guys all a question. Who here is from the Bay Area? Raise your hand. All right, okay, thank you. Who here is not from the Bay Area? Raise your hand. All right, I see you guys, I see you guys. Shout out to you guys. I'm not from the Bay Area either, and today I'm here to share with you my journey to the Bay Area and how a series of decisions transformed my life. If you were to ask me four years ago that I ever stepped foot into a church, I'd tell you, you're crazy. <laughs> Never in my life I would ever thought to be where I'm at today. So I'm just this regular guy who's from the Midwest, from Indiana to be exact. Yeah, I see you, I see you. And you might think, what's in Indiana? I grew up in a Buddhist home, graduated college, got this career job, and married the girl of my dreams. Her name is Sopa. She's with us today. She's kind of a big deal to me. So I'm just a regular guy who made some decisions 
that I wasn't always sure about. And you see, we make decisions every day, and they affect who we become. So I wanted to take you a step back into the past, almost six years ago today, into the fall of 2015. Where were you? What were you doing? Who was around you? Maybe you're in high school, college. Maybe you just graduated school and got a job and maybe moved out here. Or maybe you just got married or had your first child. Maybe you became a grandparent. For me, I was running late to my entrepreneurship class. And I was running late because I decided to attend this college career fair. And I was a senior about to graduate, already had an offer on the table, so I was set after graduation. But I saw this opportunity I just had to step into. How ironic, right? Am I trying to start a business or am I trying to get a job? So I decided to go to this career fair just to get my name out there, talk with recruiters, and I ended up meeting with this one recruiter. We really hit it off. And I had gotten an interview. A week later, I get a call, and they, off, they, make, they make an offer. And they asked if I wanted to join this project in Cupertino, California. This was a big decision. So I talked to Sopa about it, who was my girlfriend at this time, and I talked with my family about it. And I ultimately decided that let's make this leap of faith. Let's move out there. So it's the winter of 2016 move out here to the Bay Area. No more snow. I'm living it up in California, in sunny California. It's amazing. So Pop moved out a semester after, and we started living together. And we didn't have any friends or family here. We didn't have any community. And so a year living, in, a, a year living into this, it started to become challenging. It started to become difficult for, for us because we just missed our friends and families back at home. We're out here on our own. So I started to question my life's purpose. Graduated college, had this career job, had the girl of my dreams. Is that it? There's got to be more to life than this. During this time, Sopa and I, we started a business together. And Sopa, she met a business colleague. His name is Rick Trevino. Some of you guys may know him. Shout out to him. He's awesome. So he invites her to Eden's Father's Day service. She accepts the invite, and she goes. And from that point on, she started to go more and more, to the point of like almost going pretty much every Sunday. And every Sunday, she would invite me. And every Sunday, I would deny her. <laughs> I would say, no, like, I'm good. I made up every excuse in the book. Like, I'm okay. I don't want to go. But she kept inviting me. And then one day, she invited me. I was like, okay. I decided, let's go check this thing out. Let's go see what this whole church thing is about. Let's go see who this Jesus guy is. And at the time, I didn't know much about the Christian faith. All I knew was something about Easter and this big book called the Bible. So I attended my, my first church service where I actually paid attention. And I've been going ever since. So now it's Christmas time, 2017. We decided to get together to attend this get-together where they were putting care packages together for those who were in need. And little did we know that this decision was a start of something amazing. We started joining them for group weekly, and this group became known as the Tuesday Sunnyvale group. Yeah, there we go. After some time, Sopa, she became a follower of Jesus. 
And for me, I was like, cool. Like, I support her. I'm happy for her. Like, this is awesome. But for me, I was still trying to make sense of things. I had so many questions, all these thoughts. But I was surrounded by people who were loving, who were gracious and encouraging. People like the Bosworths, who hosted group. Billy and Ellie, they're here today. They're in the back. And Ellie, Ellie she's, she has shown me so much radical hospitality. It's like just through the roof. It's crazy. And Billy, he's shown me radical hospitality too, in his own unique way. <laughs> More about him later. And we had the woes. Brian and Angela, who led group. Brian always made sure we started group on time. And then we had Angela. She's life of the party. She's Angela. And we had the Redmonds. Brandon and Kimitha brought their extroverted energy. We had the Mortons, Primo's Wisdom, and Tarun, and so many others in that group. We shared dinners together. We shared stories together. We shared laughs together. We created memories that I'll never forget. And it's a community that I've never had before. This group and a few others played an integral role in my journey. So, we've been attending the Sunnyvale group for some time now, for some months now, actually. And I didn't consider myself a follower of Jesus just yet. One Tuesday night, after discussion, or, oops, sorry. We were finishing up dessert, and out of the blue, Billy asked me a question. And if you know Billy, you know he's a straightforward type of person, which is something I really appreciate about him. And he's been so supportive in my journey. And he's someone that I look up to. So Billy, he asked me, are you a Christian now or what? <laughs> like, what's your deal? <laughs> Completely caught off guard, almost choking on my chocolate chip cookie. I responded, <clears throat> oh, that's a good question. I, I, don't, I don't know. So Billy being Billy goes on to lecture me. And tells me, if I, make a, if I don't make a decision now, and I keep thinking on it, I may never, ever make a decision that I'll be stagnant and get stuck in this exploring phase of Christianity, just exploring faith basically forever. And I don't think I ever told Billy this, but that was a pivotal moment in my life. I went home that night just thinking, thinking about that question that he asked me. And if you know anything about Enneagrams, you know Enneagram type fives are deep thinkers. That's me, I'm an Enneagram type five. So I went home and deeply thought about it, just in my thoughts. All these questions, all these thoughts. I had questions like, what is my Buddhist family gonna think? What are my parents gonna say? Am I even gonna tell them? One person I was afraid of, of telling was my dad because I didn't know how he would react. So fast forward to Mother's Day 2018. I remember this day feeling a little different. I had all these feelings weighing on me. We arrived at Eden, and I told Zopa, I'm like, hey, I'll meet you in there. I just sat in the car. I had all these thoughts, these questions, just going through my head, just asking myself, like, what's my purpose in life? What am I doing? Like, am I crazy? And I just remember sitting there just thinking to myself. And I said to myself, God, if you're real, show me. So I went inside, found so pa, the music started playing. And I'm not one to like typically cry and 
especially in public. I couldn't hold it in anymore. I had all this internal wrestling that just came out. Tears were just rolling down my face. And I remember at that moment, I just said to myself, okay, God, I surrender. I wanted God in my life. And I remember Daniel turns around. and He's like, hey, is everything okay? Like, are you all right? And he doesn't know anything that's going on. I just told him, yeah, you know, it's Mother's Day. I'm a mama's boy. I miss my mom. <laughs> so I just surrendered my life to Jesus. And the first thing I do is lie to a pastor. <laughs> what, a, what a great start, right? What a great start. Forgive me. I wasn't perfect. I'm not perfect. And this is where my journey began. I realized this is where the real work began in my life transformation. Decisions were made, and they weren't always easy. Daniel invites Sopan me to a conference called Purpose Driven Church in SoCal. At the time, we were volunteers at Eden, and we decided to say yes and go. At the conference, they had this worship night event, and the church was offering baptisms. And I was already considering getting baptized at that time, I just remember thinking to myself again, and now I'm praying about it. And I remember what Billy had told me. He said, if I don't decide now, I may not ever decide. And for me, it's something about the music where I feel like I can just let go and just receive God's love. It makes me so grateful for our band, for Mark, Christy, Jonathan, you know, everybody else in the band. And man. The music got me again. I got baptized. <laughs> now it's the fall of 2018. Sopa and I, we're believers. We, got, we both got baptized. However, we were not yet married, and we were living together. We've been dating for about five years at this point. We had no real intentions of getting married. We didn't see the value of marriage. And for us, it was just like this transactional thing, like, cool, I get to check off married on my tax returns now. Daniel asked to meet with us, and when we met with him, I could tell he was a little bit nervous about what he was going to say. And he starts off by saying, whatever you guys decide, just know that we still love you. So now I'm like, okay, what is he going to say? What is he going to say? Like, I'm feeling nervous now. And he gracefully explained to us the value of marriage and what it looks like to have a Christian marriage. So he asked us to consider living apart until we got married. Me, initially, I thought, no way. This is ridiculous. Like, come on, man. Like, have you seen Bay Area Rent? Like, this is not going to work. This is ridiculous. So after, after some time, Sopa and I, we talked about it. We prayed about it. And we decided to live apart. The Bosworths, Billy and Ellie, remember them? They graciously opened up a room in their home for Sopa to live in while we were still dating. I, I just feel like, what a blessing. I feel so grateful for them, to have them in my life. And what was supposed to be this three-month deal of living apart became this eight-month-long span of living apart. And let's just say Sopa, she was living the good life. <laughs> she had cable, she had her own bathroom, she had these two little puppies that would greet her every time she came home. For me, one-bedroom apartment, no cable, 
no puppies to greet me, and really no one to come home to. I'm not going to lie, it wasn't easy for me. But during this time, my relationship with God grew. I realized I needed to rely on him even more. My perspective of the world started to change. I finally began to understand the value of marriage, and I'm doing my best to understand things through the lens of God. As difficult as it was for me being alone in those times, God was always there. He never let me down. Eight months later, Sopai and I, we got married. After our ceremony, we flew straight to Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> and our first meal together as a married couple with pizza on the Vegas Strip at 11 p.m. at night. What a day. What a day. It has been an amazing journey so far, and I'm so grateful to be part of this ride, the ride that God has been calling me to get on. I'm not perfect by any means. I don't have it all figured out, and I understand that we all have our own unique story and our own journey. But what we have in common are the decisions, are the opportunities to make decisions to make that next step, to take that next step. Today, I serve on an amazing tech team back there. Shout out to you guys. I hope co-lead an eating group. And I'm up here on this stage right now sharing my story for the first time. And this is crazy to me. Like, this is so crazy when I think about it. What I realized today, all those decisions that led me here today, were God moments. In each decision, God was there, even if it didn't feel like it. He was there the whole time, even during my crazy college days. He was there the moment I decided to go to that college career fair which led me here to the Bay Area. What has become clear is that God has been there for me since the beginning. So I want to ask all you guys this morning, what, de what decisions are weighing on your heart today? I understand decisions can be scary, but we know who God is. We know he'll guide us. We know we can trust him. Are you thinking about joining groups this semester? Or maybe you're thinking about joining to serve on the team. Or maybe you're thinking to accept Jesus into your life for the very first time. Remember, I'm a regular guy who just made some decisions that changed my life. You can too. Ask me four years ago if I'd ever stepped foot into a church, I'd tell you, you're crazy. Never in my life I've ever thought to be where I'm at today without God. Thank you. Hey, let's show some love one more time for everyone who shared this morning. I don't know if you noticed the theme with each of their stories, but not for one of them was any decision ever easy. And there's a story in the New Testament where Jesus challenges Peter, one of his disciples, to walk on water, to come to him when he's standing on this lake. And obviously, it was kind of a scary moment for Peter but eventually he follows the instruction of Jesus and he begins to walk on water. 
and, and to me, when I listen to every one of their stories, there is like this theme that if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. And for every single one of them, at one point or another, they had to make the decision whether or not they were going to get out of the boat of comfort, the, get, the boat of what was normal in their life, what had defined their past, and being willing to step out of the boat to experience the power of God in their life. And uh, I'm not going to lie, these are our success stories, okay? It doesn't always turn out that way, but you will never experience God's presence or power in your life unless you do. And part of what's so powerful about hearing in detail their stories is that there is someone in this room watching online or outside that is where they were right now. There's someone questioning, holding on to this in some cases, unwillingness to trust what you know God is doing in your life. Unwillingness to just open up your heart and believe that God actually loves you enough that if you do, he will come into your life and he will change you from the inside out. And so this morning, if that is where you're at, we want to give you an opportunity to do what they have done, to do what so many other people in this room have done when we've come to the realization that no matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we work, it doesn't quite answer that, that numbing question inside of us. Is this all that there is? And so this morning, if you want to take a step into faith to experience God's presence in your life, we want to help you do that. Scripture says all we have to do is to receive the gift of Christ, to believe that he loved us enough to send, that God loved us enough to send his son to die on the cross for our sins. Then we can receive the gift of salvation. So this morning, I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and to close their eyes. And at this moment, you are at a place where you want to receive God's presence into your life. You want to receive his hope and his love. You want to step into a new future. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And you can simply pray this prayer after me in your heart. And it's not about the words, but it's about whether or not these words reflect the condition of your heart, this desire for something more, for something of significance through a relationship with God. Dear God, I want to thank you for the hope that you have given me through Jesus. I want to thank you for loving me and for pursuing me even when I wanted nothing to do with you. And God, I'm thankful for whatever reason I decided to come today to be reminded that you are still in love with me. To be reminded that your love would sacrifice your own son so that I could be brought back into relationship with you. Today, I receive the gift of salvation. I want to surrender my life to you. And I want to trust that you can do more with my heart than I can. And today, God, I pray that you would give me the strength to follow you in the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. And if you prayed that prayer in your heart, would you quickly just raise your hand so that we can know all that God is doing in this place. I see you. I see you.
God, we thank you for every life that you continue to change. We thank you that the change is from the inside out and not from the outside in. We thank you, God, that you are working in this church and in this community. And it's not any one of us that has carried the banner of vision for this church, but it has always been you. It has been your spirit, God, moving in the lives of our people. And God, we want to thank you for that. We want to thank you for every heart that made that decision this morning. And God, we ask that you would continue to empower people, to embolden them, to take that step of faith, to take that step even when they can't see what the future looks like, believing that, God, if you are on the other side of it, it is going to be worth it. And so, God, we pray that this morning we lift all of our community up to you and ask for a blessing over their lives as we go into this next week. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you do me a favor this morning and show some love to every person who raised their hand and prayed that prayer in their life? Believing that God is continuing to do stuff in this church.